Welcome back to the Get Loved Up podcast, your number one resource for inspiration and motivation to live your purpose, make healthy living a priority, and thrive doing what you love. I'm your host, Koya Webb, a small town girl who chased her dreams and caught them, a former track and field athlete who healed using spirituality and yoga, and an entrepreneur who didn't let sexual assault racism, and insecurities dim her light. And now it's your turn to allow these episodes with some of the top voices in spirituality, wellness, and entrepreneurship to inspire you to thrive. Let's get loved up together. Sadi Simone is a spiritual revolutionary, artful guide, international transformational speaker, best-selling author, and creator of the Saw Method Spiritual Workout. He is pioneering a spiritually sassy, heart-based healing movement rooted in science-backed, tried-and-true techniques in which joy and authenticity illuminate the path to enlightenment. His infectious enthusiasm for healing is grounded in a masterful and revolutionary synthesis of ancient Buddhism, modern contemplative psychotherapy, meditation, breathwork, and integrative nutrition, all delivered in his own radiant, approachable, and playful style. His teaching have helped enrich the lives of millions of people and inspire new generations of change makers. Deepak Chopra called Sa a radical spiritual guide. Sa has worked with Kanye West, Cardi B, Google, MoMA, Uniclef, and American Express, among others. And he is a TEDx speaker. His first book, Five Minute Daily Meditations, has been translated into Spanish and was called a year-long personal retreat of daily meditations by Sharon Salzberg. And his 2022 page-a-day calendar, Five Minute Daily Meditations, is now available. His second book, Spiritually Sassy, Eight Radical Steps to Activate Your Innate Superpowers is out now and has been translated in German. And his top-rated podcast, The Spiritually Sassy Show, is a top 100 podcast in the United States in spirituality. Sa's message has been featured on The Doctors, Forbes, Vice, Refinery21, USA Today, Adweek, BuzzFeed, and more. Sa, how are you? Hi. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know how to answer that question right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fool, I'm like being served the karmic tea right now, and it's boiling fucking hot, to be honest. (laughs) I'm just taking slow sips, you know, just a tiny little like... Just a little bit, but tasting it fully, like being with it, like, you know, watching this thing go up and and just really feeling all the flavors and being with every tiny little bit and just not turning away. I think that's a big thing for me right now. It's just I'm committed to not turning away. I'm just committed to like continuing to sip even while it's hot because it tastes better. You know what I mean? Tea tastes better when it's hot. So that's how I'm doing right now, you know? Ashe, that's one thing that I love about you. I love that you just lean into your pain. You lean into your fears. You really acknowledge them and and live them full out. And I feel like, you know, it's such a beautiful example of us, you know, not being afraid or not Uh trying to spiritually bypass our pain, our fear, our trauma, but just Uh leaning into it, acknowledging it, admitting, you know what? Uh, It's (laughs) the tea is hot, (laughs) you know, and and it's. It's really, it's steaming and it's hot, but I'm, I'm still sipping it. I'm still in here. I'm still drinking. And yeah. I know that you're going through a lot of grief right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. being a spiritual teacher, 
how how have you been able to mm-hmm. transmute that and still show up? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I think it comes down to like, I think with 10 years of practice, what happens is I'm able to find poetry in the misery. I'm able to find beauty in the chaos. And then one quote that has been bringing me a lot of peace, and I'm not a quote person because I think life is way more paradoxical than a statement, way more um, uh, contradictory and complex than a single freaking statement. But once a mystic downloads the cosmic wisdom of the divine mother, sometimes it could be delivered in a simple statement. And there's a quote from a mystic, um, I believe his name is Mark Nepo. And he says, everything is beautiful and I'm so sad. And that really encompasses the experience that I'm having right now. It's everything is beautiful. I'm helping sentient beings get free. I am living an extremely beautiful, abundant life. I have friends. I have all my basic needs beyond taking care. I'm making the most epic art and also I'm deeply sad, you know, and I think this grief that I'm experiencing, like it's, there's this, this contradicting and and paradoxical um, aspect to it, which is like, there's so much to be, to be grateful for. And there's so much grief. It's like, can gratitude and grief coexist? Can I, can I be with two contradicting truths together simultaneously? Can I dance that dance, you know? So it's um, <clears throat> on a on a more sort of um, on a more sort of like uh, you know share the tea, honey. It's like I got COVID. I got in a in a scooter accident. My mom has cancer for the fourth fucking time in three years. Me and my fiance are on a break slash potentially breaking up. It's just a lot, and I am you know now have shifted the role in my family. Uh, because my my older sister, who is like becoming a saint right now in Kathmandu, Nepal, she's doing a three-month silent retreat because she's so devoted to her freedom. And thank God for her. Thank all the Buddhists for her determination and and choice to become liberated quickly for people. But the roles in my family have switched. You know, I've been the the, the one that's been able to support the family like my immediate family and then grandmother and aunt financially and i'm so grateful to be able to do that and then now my sister was the one that was kind of like making the decisions helping my mom to make decisions about the cancer treatment and the next phase of 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 her healing with my mom always giving my mom the agency over her well-being but now koya i am not not only the one that's helping them financially, but I'm the one that's actually, I'm feeling like just getting really, just feeling emotional, thinking about feeling all this. It's having to make these decisions that are like, they are so big, they're so big. Mm-hmm. And they are actually the time in life where um, my parents are getting old and 
I'm studying death and dying and that's like the next era of my research and I'm asking God and the Buddhists and I'm like, why am I studying death right now? Why is this like my calling? Why is my mystical path taking me to this route where I'm supposed to teach people, teach myself so I can help people to die better mm. and to meet death without fear? And I'm like, am I doing this because I'm about to usher my mom Give me a second. Mm. Am I doing this because I'm about to usher my mom into that space? Or am I doing this because it's literally just, not just, but this is the, the, next, um, the next state of my liberation and my way of, of helping people. So there's just a lot, there's just a lot. But one thing I can tell people when people ask me, does it get easier? You know, with 10 years of practice, with the devotion that you have, with the, with the discipline that you have. And I, I tell people, you know, we live in samsara, so like pain is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Now, suffering is a choice, right? The historical Buddha shared this 2,600 years ago. And, and the suffering part, I'm no longer dwelling and ruminating in it, you know? Um, I have been sort of um, like meeting that suffering, walking into that dark room and like not immediately like rushing frantically to find the light switch because it's a new room. I've never been in here before and I'm so fucking scared. I need the light switch right now. I'm just kind of like walking to the darkness and taking a deep breath and just naming it. I'm scared. I'm really afraid. I'm confused. I am feeling lost. I name, right? Naming, naming, giving name to the, to the darkness that I'm experiencing. And then slowly what happens is profound. Your eyes recalibrate with the darkness. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're able to see in the dark. And then mm -hmm. you don't have to go frantically look, looking at every corner of the walls, finding the light switch. All of a sudden there is this like moment where you know exactly where the light switch is. So you just calmly walk yourself over across the room and you turn the light switch on and then all of a sudden a dark room is filled with light and in that moment a miracle has been realized um uh actualized and then so i'm having a lot of those you know i'm having a lot of these moments where i am just switching the light on in really dark rooms and then my thinking evolves my words get an upgrade my biology receives a, a, a you know an up level like the whole thing i'm having these like constant moments of like the old the who i was yesterday honey i don't know her she dead like it's literally just the the twice that i just like went to the verge of tears with you now i've already died twice you know and like i don't know who i was before like i don't know the person i was before we started the podcast it's like she's dead so there's multiple moments of death throughout the day you know 
I love that. And we were just talking before and what came through for you um, to me and what I share with you is that you are the miracle. And once you just gave that analogy of just being in the dark and how you feel and switching on the lights, it's just like, yep, you are the miracle. And at any time you can switch on the light switch and stop Uh suffering. And Uh I think that is such a bar. And that Uh is so important because in this world that we're in, in this state, there's a lot of war going on. There's a lot of trauma, a grief, mental health, and things like that. And from a spiritual perspective, I feel that you have to acknowledge it as you just did, but you also have to acknowledge your power to turn on the light switch. Amen. So can sis. you tell people a little bit, a little bit of your background and how you kind of came <clears throat> into this? We're going to give people a little bit of journey back so they yeah. know like, where yeah, did yeah, this yeah, yeah. come That's from. right. That's right. And I'm so proud of that, of that little um, boy, girl, they, them, um, you know, version of me. It's, um, look, I'm going to trace it back to like the, the biggest sort of eruption that was like what was more uh, catalyst, what was like the catalyst for me to even activate my curiosity to well-being and spirituality and and entering the path of the mystic. And I want to talk more about grief because there's so much there that we should yeah. share, you know, yeah. so much there because it's such a it's such a fabric of life, right? It's like we're constantly letting go. We're constantly recognizing everything is impermanent. We're constantly immersed in grief, right? So I want to bring that back later too. But it was it was the fall of 2012. I was the creative director and co-founder of this international fashion magazine that was like, you know, blowing up. It was like the whole look, honey. I felt like I made it. It was like, oh my God, this bitch is living the look. You know, she is on Forbes at 23 years old. She's hanging out with all these celebrities. She's doing this and that, and it's a whole look and blah, 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 blah. And I'm creative director of this magazine. And we have Louis Vuitton as an advertiser in perpetuity. And I was like, I bought into the matrix dream. And I fucking did it, honey. I was like literally disciplined to getting out of my, of 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 um of any sort of a scarcity um, that I was um, raised with. <clears throat> and then it was in the fall of 2012 that I I um, was bought out of the company that I had started. And it was the person who was buying me out was the person that I had brought in to help the company grow. So the heartbreak was so <laughs> fucking intense, you know? Wow. It was like, like, how dare you? Like the betrayal was so deep. And I was, I literally went numb. As soon as I left, I was like, okay, fine. Fuck you, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, 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 fuck. And I went on a trip. <laughs> and I went to Switzerland, I went to Berlin, I went to Zurich, went to Berlin, went to Paris, I went to Amsterdam, and I just went on a trip and I got drunk and high and I was having like all these religious experiences while I was drunk and high and like slowly glimpsing at this, at this field of, of, you know, of the cosmic mother, slowly like glimpsing at like, and the glimpsing into the field was was helping me to start questioning what the fuck was I doing, you know? But then that led me to go to leave New York, be back in New York and be like, wow, now that I have no money, no friends, no title, 
do I have friends? No, honey, I had nobody. And it was really deeply just, again, the heartbreak was cracking me open wider and wider and wider. And I had no tools. This wise bitch that you're talking to right now that you're hearing, <laughs> she was not around, honey. I was not, it was, you know, I had nothing, no tools for any of it. And then I, I left New York and went to Florida. I got this little beach house, um, um, like a block away, half a block away from the ocean. And I just started to research, like, what is happiness? What is the purpose of life? How do I how do I heal like myself? And how do I change? And is change possible? And I started to ask these really big questions that that I think I think we don't ask them enough, and we're not sort of like we're not we're not like conditioned to seek liberation. We're conditioned to accumulate, and in hopes of. Of, of more stuff will, will turn into inner liberation, right? And the capitalistic God was like the forefront of my altar at that point. It was like completely dissatisfied. The more stuff I have to show for, the happier I will be, air quotes here, honey. You know, so it was this like never enough. And then when I arrived in Florida, I started doing all this, this little research. I was like, okay, here's meditation. And I would sit at the beach for like five minutes and I would like close my eyes and I would do the practice. I was just meditating on my breath and meditating on sending myself blessings and blessings to other people. The simplicity of the practice, I actually started to, to like enter into a place of like inner peace. And I was like, oh shit, like these <laughs> mystics were not lying, honey. This peace is already here. It's not there, it's in here. So I was like, okay, cool. And then the meditation led to more exploration and more exploration. And so I spent that whole year of 2013 researching and like, and then I pivoted from like capitalism being the God to now Google was the God. And I was like, okay, let's find the answers. You know what I mean? Let's go, 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 go. And then I found this kind of trajectory, this like trail, this like pilgrimage in the South of India that I was gonna do. I was gonna go visit this ashram, this group, this saint, this mountain, this place, this, this thing. And then my dad comes into the house and says, uh-uh, honey, you should not go to the south of India. You should go to the north of India. You should go to the Himalayas. You should go study with His Holiness the Dalai Lama. He's still alive. Go study Buddhism. And I look at him, I was like, bitch, what the fuck do you know? You're part of the problem, honey. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but honey, you know, it's it's your parents, if you have, if if you if you've come to to if you've come to a point where you're able to, um, depending what kind of childhood you've had, like you you may come to a point where you're able to like re-emerge re, re your friendship with your parents in a really healthy and sustainable way to find out that your parents kind of knew a lot of this stuff. They were like visionary saints right there available, honey, but we were looking everywhere else. We did not want to, don't give me your advice, honey, you don't know shit. But my dad knew and then I, it was in the spring of 2014, I, I went into a 10 day silent retreat in, in the north of India, in this tiny little village where the, the, his own is the Dalai Lama lives. And so two things happened during that first kind of, uh, during that first year, uh, actually three. I meditated on death during that 10 day silent retreat and, and being with my mortality to such a, uh, uh, an, an immersed way, I had the psychosomatic sickness 
erupt in my body where I was like physically experiencing fever, physically like having to purge uh, from both sides, honey. It was a whole vision. It was a whole fantasy. Like a virus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So every night for the last three days of the retreat, we were glimpsing, we were uh, meeting our death first surrounded by all the people that we love and care and then only our family members and then in the last night is just you with the with the flickering of the candle with the light of the candle slowly going off and then you experience your own death and then you know in 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 the buddhist lineage that i studied there's a lot of studies about the the state between this life and the next life and all that stuff but it was through that period that i was like <gasps> full stop I've been fed a lie. I've been living a lie. Oh my God, this whole thing's got to change. I This is not how I want to live. I don't want to die with all these regrets. I don't want to like meet my death with so much fear. Mm. And then one thing I forgot to say, it's like day one of the retreat, what I heard was what got me to be immediately like, oh my God, oh my God, like this is, earth shattering this is the 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 the, the tectonic plate um you know eruption that i needed it well, the, the teacher said venerable john nissell she's this canadian nun and the most sweetest sweetest of the souls she she looked at the audience but it felt like she was talking directly to me she says we have basic goodness everyone has basic goodness yes there's evil behavior but there are no evil people mm. people make evil mistakes and destructive and hurtful mistakes but there's no such thing as evil people because at the core of our being our essence is basically good and it's our job to uncover that goodness and develop it in such a way that we're not living in a way that like i want to be loving it's like you live as love you know, and that is just what, you know, you know, like you're the master yoga teacher, but true yoga isn't about asana. It's about this communion with your true essence. Like, so when we're describing yoga, it's like, I'm not living, I'm not, I'm not living a loving life. I'm not being a loving person. I'm living as love. So that is the communion that, that the, the yogic scriptures will speak to. Um, so that was the first thing, recognize that we're basically good. And then meditating on death, and there's a couple of things, and I'll, I'll and I'll give you the microphone back. But I just tracing it back. It's like after that, there's a whole little all the Westerners in this little village village after the retreat are running around and saying, "His only the Dalai Lama is going to speak tomorrow." Oh my God! Oh my God! You have to go see it, and then get your passport, get this permit, get back into the, uh, and then find your way into the monastery tomorrow morning. Okay, so I get all this done and I'm, I go to the monastery. And then, honey, this was one of the first times that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I feeling so relaxed and at ease? And like, why is my breath so long? And why are my hands not sweating? And like, why is my eyes not 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 uh, blinking so fast? Because like most of the times I'm like, my eyes are blinking so fast when there's like an overload of, of stimulation happening. I was like, what's happening right now? And my thoughts were so clear and there was so much presence and I actually had to like fetch 
an evaluation of the moment, you know? How often do we have to fetch our, it's so automatic for us to just immediately project our, our criticism and our evaluation, our bias into everything and everyone constant. But in that moment, I was like, what's happening? And then someone next to me, a friend said to me, honey, you're in the presence of a saint. That's what they do. That's what they do. They non-verbally, non-physically, without a single word, without a single action, they liberate us from suffering just by existing from that space. And I was like, excuse me? This is real? I want that. I want that thing. But my mind wasn't 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 connecting it yet i said did i drink something did i am i high was it something in the water was it something in the air and then slowly i started to realize that like what was drawing me to these mystics was the the it wasn't about what they're saying and what they're saying there's so much poetry and so much truth and so much um uh wisdom but it was really about what would happen inside of me like non-verbally what was being unlocked and unshackled inside of me, I experience presence. Mm. Like, and I ask students, it's like, describe presence, paint presence, write poetry about presence because our culture does not teach us what presence feels like, what it's like in the mind, what it's like in the body. We just don't have that, you know? Mm -hmm. So these are kind of like the foundational moments. And then, you know, a big moment was another moment. It was in the fall of 2014. I went to a, a 30 day retreat in Kathmandu, Nepal. And that's when I, I understood forgiveness. That's when I, 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 um, I touched forgiveness. And I was like, oh, honey, this is where the work lives. I got a lot of forgiving to do. I got a lot of liberation to do, you know? So that's kind of how it all happened. But the truth is I never put on my mood board. I want to be this and do that and write these books and teach these people. Like, like, no, I think if people look at the celebrities that I've worked with and done the, and things that I've done, it's like none of that was ever in my mood board. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to do, but none of it was on my mood board. Throughout that process, everything that was in the forefront of my mind were the saints were these mystics were these prolific beings that have changed uh culture by existing as love by existing as compassion by existing as wisdom and they were the ones that were in the forefront of my mind they were the ones that i was reading listening to you know visiting if they were still alive and i just made my life about that and then we know the consequence of 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 being in the presence of a saint and practicing what the saint teaches you we know everything has a consequence a state of a moment of, of of fear, a moment of 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 you know of harming ourselves or other people. There's a consequence, and the consequence of of peace is love. The consequence of kindness is is peace. It's just the we have to remember that the the natural law of cause and effect, karma, honey. Um, there's a consequence to, to everything, you know. So that's a little background, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just I, I love it because I feel like even as we listen to you like go into the depths of your journey and how you arrived at where you are now it there's so much that it's almost like a full circle and that's why even what you were talking about now circling around to grief circling around mm -hmm. to death as you said mm -hmm. you were you were faced with death before and now you're being faced with again. Mm -hmm. And what are those lessons when we get back into the grief? What are some of those lessons that are helping you right now be well? Because, mm -hmm. you know, we have the spirit, you have the spirituality, your, your mm -hmm. practices, your meditation. Mm -hmm. 
What are some of those things that you're doing to help you cope? Some of those practical mm-hmm. things that you're doing to help you cope right now? So first thing first, make your fucking bed in the morning. I like people are like, make your bed, bitch. You're supposed to be a, a spiritual guy, a mystic, a yogi. I'm like, for real, make your bed. Like literally make your bed. Wake up, get in child's pose, say your prayers. And my prayers are, are very long. And two, two, one, two prayers that I'll share with you is, I know that I may die today. At sunset, I may no longer be here. And because of that, may I only do the things that will have the greatest impact in my well-being and in the well-being of others. That shit clicks you. That shit refreshes your intention. That shit puts a, a full awareness. I'm here another day. Oh my God, it's a blessing to be alive. <gasps> even if I don't want to, even if I'm groggy because I'm underslept, it will clock you in. And then I make my bed. And I make it like Japanese style, honey. I make that bitch flawless. I tuck the <laughs> covers under. I put, I, I, you know, I fluff the pillows. I do the whole thing. And it's like, even when I'm running late, I still do the fucking thing, you know? Yeah. And then I go do my, I, I, you know, and that's one prayer that I do. And I'm going around in circles, right? A little bit. But the other prayer is, is the Bodhisattva prayer. It's a vow that I took with the saint, um, a few years ago, and the vow goes, um, for as long as space remains, for as long as sentient beings remain, until then, may I too remain to help dispel the miseries of the world. So it's it's a choice to keep coming back into samsara. It's a choice to be facing the gates of heaven and say, and to hear the cry of the misery and despair on planet Earth and be like, um... I'm fine. I'm just going to go into the celestial realm right here and just like hang out, you know, and just like, bye, take care, be well now. And it's like, no, the, the cry from planet earth of the, of the hurting sentient beings, it actually inspires you. Not in a, not in a malicious fucked up way, but it's actually inspiration for you to actually develop yourself even more and be of greater service. So, your the 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 vow of the bodhisattva is like now you choose to come back you yeah. die and we keep dying and keep coming back but we keep coming back with the orientation that like as long as there's suffering in the world i will still suffer and because of that i will still come back to help alleviate the suffering of all beings so that's just like the morning and that usually like anchors me and then i go to my bathroom thing drink some water and then i'll sit to do uh to meditate and it's Again, very simple, breath awareness. I think a lot of people are wanting manifestation meditation, abundance meditation, this thing, this thing, da, da, da. And like, when you look at what the Buddha, the historical Buddha thought and what has been scientifically proven to heal the mind and change the architecture of the brain is the simplicity of just witnessing the breath. And you spoke about in my podcast about the breath and I was like, (gasps) Koya, oh my God, you just like unlocked something deeper. Say that thing about the breath again and then don't, don't let me forget. Yes, breath is spirit. Breath is spirit is a free tool that we have to heal during this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you also said something like to inspire, to be in with spirit, to inspire. It's like we're inspiring. So breathing in, mm-hmm. you know, inspire, it's to inhale 
you gave me this whole download, hun. You made it so simple now because in my pocket, I know it's about me right now. I get it, but you know what I mean? You just gave me the whole look and I was like, oh my God, that's really what it is from a spiritual perspective. The breath is being communion, being in yoga with God, being yoga with spirit. This is it. And then you look at what the historical Buddha put forth and you look at what the scientists have researched. Like it really is the simplicity of being with the breath of, of, of actually that practice is factually proven to to create liberated beings for thousands of years. So I'll do a simple meditation practice like that in the morning. And then um, to close the practice, I will be offering meta. So I wish all beings to be free of mental physical suffering. I wish myself. And sometimes if there is some sort of heartache or a specific grudge that I'm holding on to, then I'll dedicate the, the, the practice towards that person and towards that experience. And then after that, you know, we have to watch our consumption. Like people, you know, see me with my 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 videos and my what I share on social media. They're like, oh my god, you must spend so much time on social media. It's like, no, honey, check my check my the amount of time I spend on it. It's like literally forty five minutes to an hour tops a day on social media because wow. I'm so aware of the imprinting. I don't want to imprint my mind. Everything that imprints, everything that's being digested by our senses is watering one of two things, your benevolence and your goodness or your unwholesome and destructive patterns. You pick. So I'm not watching gory ass, you know, wild movies uh, because I need to feel something. No, I feel everything already. I'm already so deeply, like you've already seen me cry twice right here, you know? Um, and I'm very aware of what I what I what I digest, what I literally imprint my mind and my body with. Not to say that I still don't have, you know, destructive behaviors, not to say that sometimes I don't smoke a cigarette and I don't eat junk food, you know, but the vast majority of it is very consciously um, uh, chosen. And I'm I'm about to be five years sober, you know, so a little a little cigarette here and there is like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Let me have it and stay in your lane, you know, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? So, but coming back to it, it's like, read something from an enlightened person, read something from someone who's further on the path um, than you are, taking their words, taking their practices, don't scroll on social media aimlessly, don't consume, don't be a, 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 a spiritual junkie about liberation, like practice what you learn, honey, be with the thing. And then after I do that, you know, we did go with my trainer to, to the gym and I'm telling all the things that I need to do. And, you know, to be honest, I have an app called, and I don't work for this app, but I'm just going to tell you guys exactly what it's called. It's called Done. And I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 things that I have to do either every day or every other day for me to be on my game. And these are simple things, you know, to give you one, it's connection. Friendship has to be done every day. I need to talk to Koya Webb. If it's not Koya, it's another friend, but I need to connect to somebody. And I saw your post, I think it was this morning for me about communities, everything. And it was your whole caption and you wrote the thing. And I was like, this is really the game. So community, and, and, and for me, lately has been about um, making art. I'm actually working on two paintings right now and I actually just worked on a performance art piece about grief that I worked with a group of Balinese dancers. So exercise, meditation, prayer, making art, you know, dancing regularly, community, journaling. Um, these are some of the main things that kind of like are so important to me. And then one last thing that I'm gonna say, 
spending time in nature. I'm just looking at all the things. I mean, there's so many and I check them off on this app as, as I go through it. Um, and it's also so good to be like, okay, done, check, check, check. Okay, did it. And it, it, it and you look at your, how you've done at the end of the week and it's so great. It's so great, you know? Um, one thing that I do regularly is as I'm driving my scooter, I'm living in Bali currently in this little village called Ubud and I'm driving my scooter around or I'm entering a restaurant or I'm going into a dance or whatever it may be. And I just notice how is my mind, am I judging, am I criticizing, am I feeling like I don't belong, okay? This, these states of mind are so regular for all of us. We all go through them constantly. And some people actually only live and they, their mind has been so stabilized and they become so desensitized that that's how they operate constantly. And I'm not operating that place. So I, I know when I'm off and I'm operating from that judgment, criticism, bias, blah, 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 separation, the whole thing. So what I do is I pause and I look around at everybody and I say, wow, look at all these Buddhas. Look at all these enlightened beings here to help me get free. And I see people driving their scooters in this direction or that direction. I'm like, okay, that one, everyone here, they're driving to the Buddha field. They're driving to this cosmic um, uh, uh, celestial place. And then, you know, thank you for creating these pathways for me to, to enter into liberation. So these are the things that are helping me now. But one thing I want to emphasize is make art. And it's not about painting. It's not about dance. It's not about big performance art and making this whole elaborate thing. No. Find whatever it is that you need to do to express your inner world. Because words lack capacity. Talking to people lacks capacity. Um, so many things that we may do that we may perceive to be healing lacks capacity. Explore you know, a movement language as a way to become free. Say, I'm going to dance my, I'm going to dance with my grief. And the next thing you know, you're literally dance the most beautiful, poetic, wild dance of your life, you know? Um, so, so create, bring poetry back into your life. Like, and when you create, you enter in the world from a poetic place and a poetic state of mind is a liberated state of mind, right? Absolutely. So that's kind of like, you know, the thing for me right now. I love that. That's that's so beautiful. And thanks for sharing. I think it's so important for us to share authentically. And again, that's one of your gifts. I mean, you are just such an authentic sharer. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love about you. And what else I love is because a lot of times we go up and we judge ourselves so harshly. It's like we're judging, we're criticizing. And I used to be the same way, you know, growing up, I used to like, I could not even listen to a person that cursed and I can mm. listen to it and I'm not bothered at all. It be a <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it doesn't do. You don't even have to apologize. But I remember that how, how jarring it was. And it was really like, oh, I felt like attacked, <laughs> you know, and it's, I've done so much work to where I see it as expression now and have so much value for you. And it goes to what you just said, expression. The more that we're able to express ourselves and accept the expression of others, I think that's part of the healing of the world and you just gave me full body chills because I can't remember <laughs> you're talking I'm like can't and, and then and I really remember 
viscerally how that felt. And I, re- and I feel myself now and all I feel is peace and love mm-hmm. and connection. Mm-hmm. And I pray that for every single person in the world, that even mm-hmm. though you may not understand what's going on, they can still find that peace. And they can mm-hmm. still find that way to express themselves. So thank you for just expressing yourself mm-hmm. and just bringing mm-hmm. you lead by example. You do that very well. And when you share and when you speak, even when you're in your pain, even when you're in your grief, you are so healing to the world. You are that saint that you found mm-hmm. in the beginning of the conversation. You are that. And I just, I'm just grateful to be your friend. I'm just grateful. Oh, thank you so you. much. I, you know, it's, thank you for the, thank you for this reflection, Koya. Truly, like, it's through the grace of my community. Ooh, and I feel like I'm going to cry again. <laughs> it's through the grace of the community that I'm actually able to keep going because it's, I'm falling a lot lately and I'm falling backwards into the unknown, but I have the community, the friends that are pushing me right back up, you know, as I'm slowly falling, it's like the friends are right there in my back, just like, you know, propping me back up. Stand up, sis, you're okay, you're okay. We're gonna do this and we're doing it together. Don't carry the burden of your pain alone. You don't have to. And that's just so beautiful and and how we talked off the record and you, and you did that thing where, where someone who is, who is working on their freedom diligently disciplined with discipline and devotion does it so well. You just, you just witnessed me with evocative empathy. Mm-hmm. You didn't try to fix me. You didn't try to, to tell me this or that or, or to say, oh, honey, that's an initiation. You're doing, it's going to be fine. You didn't try to like impose anything. You just looked at me with evocative empathy and that showed me that someone cares. And when we are experiencing capital T trauma or lowercase t trauma and someone just witness us, you know, the word in the literature is called darshan. When we are glanced at, when we are witnessed, that is the foundation of healing trauma. You gave me, you gave me a piece to to the puzzle. You literally handed me a key just by looking at me and having this evocative empathy where your face was just so sad with my sadness. And you just, in that moment, I felt like, okay, I, I got this. Thank you. Thank you for being with it. Thank you for showing me that it's, that this, that, that this moment is fleeting, that this moment is impermanent, but, but, but not by saying it but just by experiencing it. And, and in that moment of darshan that you gave me, what, what happens? It changes. Every time we witness pain, it changes because it's the true nature of life. Mm-hmm. Everything is impermanent. And it's every time things are witnessed, there is a, a moment where we're actually catching up with the change that was already happening, you know? And that's so beautiful. But because we're so distracted, we're not catching up with the actual transformation that's already taking place constantly. And that's why we have these, these moments of hysteria and complete despair. And, and then people are looking at my transformation. I'm crying multiple times a day, but am I staying in it? No. I'm being with it and it comes in waves and and sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's an afternoon, but it's not a definition of my biography. Hell no, hell no, you know? So thank you for that. And thank you for leading, you leading by example and being a, a, a master healer that you were actually 
you know, gave me support to come on here and actually, you know, feel empowered enough in my vulnerability to be like, girl, let's go. That's it, honey, you know? <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, you just do it so well. And I, one thing that was coming through while you were talking um, spiritually is, is non-attachment. And I know right now it's so easy to attach to war or like you said, attach to the sadness, but we are not war. We are not sadness. We're not pandemic. We're not the mask. Can you talk a little bit about non-attachment and even as you go through your pain, how non-attachment plays a part in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So look, we have to recognize one thing, the word Buddha has multiple meanings, multiple translations. One thing we have to understand and one one meaning that I love that comes to me when you ask me about non-attachment <clears throat> is the recognition that anything that's destructive, unwholesome, unskillful, harmful, evil in any way, though our life's journey is about the, the first half of the word bud. It's the removal of what doesn't what isn't who we are and then da the development of who we truly are mm -hmm. so non-attachment is actually there's so many layers and it's like a um you know a 10-year course that we we can teach together about it but in <laughs> short is is there's a couple of things it's like not holding on to anything too tightly because everything is impermanent mm -hmm. everything is transient the grief is the foundation of all things, you know? Um, so nothing will stay as is and your pain will, will change, you will change. So not holding on to things too tightly. That doesn't mean you take things for granted. That doesn't mean you bypass. That doesn't mean you turn away. That doesn't mean you, you're not in it for a moment, but it's just, you're in it for a moment. And then you also recognize that when you're practicing non-attachment, things are easier than they appear. Let that kind of orient your mind, right? Everyone listening, things are always easier than they appear. That's a mind that is orienting with non-attachment. Non-attachment is also a mind that's non-violent. That's a, that's a person who's wa walking through the world with non-violence. Non-attachment is someone who, who isn't projecting their bias and their hurt and their pain into everything and everyone constantly. It's a person who's seeking restorative justice between themselves and their past and the world. A person who's, who's, who's leading a life of non-attachment they're not, they're not allowing someone's past to dictate who they are. So non-attachment, it's, it's, it's an entire, it's not a chapter in a book. It's, it's an, it's multiple encyclopedias because it's really a foundation to how we can carry ourselves in the world. Mm -hmm. And then non-attachment, it's also recognizing when we started to glorify people, place, and things as the culprit of our sadness or as the catalyst of our happiness. That is really interesting when we are in romantic partnership or, or as we are unintentionally worshiping capitalism as God, it's the polar opposite of non-attachment, right? Because we recognize that no thing, no person, no, no nothing out there will ever unlock this inner bliss, this inner uh, true awakening of our, of, our, of our liberation by itself. Liberation requires an equation of 50% between you and you by yourself in your room or in a cave, in a monastery, in an ashram, 
and 50% in community. You can't just lead, in, lead into the community and hope that the community will solve your shit. No, you have to do 50% by yourself and then 50% in community. That fifth, that 100% equation is the truth of liberation. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh speaks about the next Buddha being the not a, not an avatar with the with the emanation body, but an actual. Um, but instead of being an actual being, actually being the the next Buddha being the community, the Sangha being the community. Like the Maitreya won't have physical form, but Maitreya will actually be born out of the communion of multiple hearts practicing liberation together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then another person, and then a, a Christian mystic shared with me uh, about that the second coming of Christ will be when, when in the hearts of all people everywhere we've we've we have stabilized forgiveness that we've had, where we have let go of guilt and we have let go of blame when all hearts have actualized releasing of blame and releasing of 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 guilt. That's when the second coming will arise. That's when we're going to see, you know, the next prophet emerge on, on planet Earth. So these are all aspects of non-attachment, you know, and it's very important to not to to just check your check your projections, check your projections. Am I saying that this chocolate cake is is the 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 sole catalyst for my happiness? And does that mean that now because I feel happy, I need to eat the whole chocolate cake? Is this person the person I say you make me happy? No one makes you nothing, honey. That's non-attachment. It's the recognition that they support your happiness. The Koya web for me in my life. Here's what you do. I have the seed of happiness of 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 eternal subliminal bliss inside of my being. What you do is you're not putting the seed in my being. No. The seed is already there, but what you do is you're the correct amount of sunlight mm. and you're the correct amount of water to that seed. So certain people, place, and things are offering us the correct amount of sunlight and correct amount of water. Are these people, place, and things in our lives, are they developing and growing and helping to sprout the seeds of suffering, pain, guilt, shame, blame, despair, confusion, anxiety, suicidal ideation? Or are these people, place, and things in our lives watering and bringing the correct amount of sunlight to our true essential nature. You bring this to me and to all the, you know, enormous community that you have, you are that person, you are that correct amount of sunlight to people's lives, you know? And that is a gift of Koya Web. That is a gift that I'm working towards actualizing and living and entering in and and and, and operating from. And so non-attachment, there's just so many layers to it. It's like operating from a place of non-attachment. It's it's not saying Koya makes me happy, but Koya is that Koya supports my happiness, you know? So non-attachment really is this exaggeration of someone's qualities or someone's flaws, right? When you are sitting in a coffee shop and you're exaggerating, this person is the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, they make me so happy. This song is the happiest thing of my life. Oh my God, we're exaggerating. Or we are criticizing, like attachment has these polarity, this huge sort of a dualistic extremes of extreme exaggeration towards the good and extreme exaggeration towards the bad, towards the flaws, right? So that's a little bit of of non-attachment, you know, just a tiny little snap, honey. So it's, it's there's so many layers to it. It's like a, such a big concept that that we could we can you know vibe it out for 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 a long time. But in short. Non-attachment is actually just like not holding on to tightly, like mm-hmm. just not holding on to tightly. It's just kind of like 
you know it's what i said earlier about about um drinking the tea it's hot but i'll keep sipping and i'm not gonna you know like gulp a massive gulp because it's boiling fucking hot but i'm gonna take a little sip because it's better warm you know it's better hot like that (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that and it's, it's it's so i love the way you really it was very poetic just to really dance in that field of non-attachment because like you mentioned and that beautiful it almost felt poetic is that there's layers to it and it's very nuanced just like the world and pretty much everything is so very nuanced and you know in yoga and in spirituality we we talk about reaching this equanimous state or this state of equilibrium mm-hmm. you know and that's what i thought of when you were saying like the over exaggeration or like the over um you know disconnect or the over mm-hmm. uh controlling and judging and things like that mm-hmm. what really helps you stay um, not that you're always there, nor do any of us have to be, but what helps you stay closer to that equanimous state, that state of mm-hmm. uh, finding peace? Mm-hmm. Great question. And I love that you, you're speaking about equilibrium. You know, in the Buddhist uh, literature, the word is called, um, the translated word is called uh, equanimity. Mm-hmm. Equanimity, I love that word. It's a state of, of, in, of, of psychological instability. Um, I love that you brought this up. Thank you. You know, I think it kind of goes back to like knowing what peace feels like, knowing what what a loving uh, mind feels like, knowing what, what compassion, truly like studying these states of mind, really like really studying it so deeply, knowing that when I'm at peace, I witness the sunlight coming in through the window and it looks like God is in the room. It looks like the black Madonna standing on my kitchen table, you know? (laughs) And when I'm at peace, when I'm in in loving awareness, I see the birds drinking the water from the pool and it takes my breath away, you know? It's just recognizing what it's like when you are operating from these states. I think we've been so, we have become so desensitized to our own suffering, the suffering of the world, that we've learned to be okay with things that are not okay. We've learned to be comfortable with things that are not, um, they're not okay for us or for the world. And there's some truth to that, right? In the paradox of it, it's like, yes, you have to learn how to be um, okay with things that are not okay. You have to find peace in chaos. And But liberation, true liberation, right? The genuine spiritual path, as you said, it's so nuanced, it's so, there's so many layers. It's a paradox right? It's like you have to be okay with things that are not okay, but simultaneously, you also have to, you know, know better and like, can you change your mind or can you change your environment? And sometimes you got to get the fuck out of there, you know, and just say enough of this toxic place, enough of this harmful experience, enough is enough. I will not be abused no longer. I will not be taken advantage. I will not be walked all over. Um, So I think when we're talking about equanimity and equilibrium and, and inner peace, it's the same way that you've become desensitized to really crappy and hurtful and traumatic and challenging experiences and you're calling that peace i want to challenge you to not call that peace but call call it what it is name it you've become desensitized Mm -hmm. 
and you've become utterly profoundly distracted. That's okay. I've been there too, honey. You would catch myself um, 10 years ago. I'll be eating a, I will be eating a sandwich, talking to my assistant, reading the news, listening to music, drinking a latte, and I would have a cigarette going at the same time. You know, I would doing seven things at the same time. When we are multitasking and saying our mantra is unbooked and busy, you are desensitized to your pain and the pain of the world. So you don't know peace. You don't, not yet, not yet. You don't know love, not yet, not yet. You don't know happiness, not yet. So it's, it's really about like, I think once you glimpse at peace and you start to see poetry and everything and you start to see beauty and everything. And when the beauty arises, you also see, you also see the grief. Because I'm looking at the beautiful, most beautiful jungle right now, and I'm I'm in recognition that like everything is is dying as we speak. That I'm dying as I speak, and at some point, Koi and I will not be here anymore. Um, there's peace in that too, you know. So to 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 operate from a from an from an from an equilibrium um, state of being, first memorize that. You know, first, literally be disciplined about memorizing the moments of peace, the moments of relaxation, the moments of ease. Actually, if you want to learn how to do that, experience what we call sacred boredom. Put your phone off, literally, like set up an alarm and put on airplane mode. Listen to nothing. Do nothing. Take a chair out to your park, to your neighborhood park. And just put the chair out there under the shade so you're not bothered by the sun. And put some bug spray, honey, because if you're bothered by the bugs too, I'm going to come over there and like click you, you know. <laughs> do all the things you need to do so you're not, you're not bothered. And just don't even close your eyes. Just like take in life. And then notice every time your mind wanders to judging people, placing things and evaluating um, and, and criticizing all that stuff. Notice and come back. Do an open eye meditation. And then what's going to happen is the most beautiful thing. At some point, you're going to merge with your environment. You're going to have a moment of yoga with your environment. You're actually going to become one with it. And there is not going to be this critical, judgmental, biased projection onto everything. Once you enter that place, it might take a while, right? Because you're so bored. I need my phone and check when with these people. I need to eat something. Oh, my God. Everything that will want to pull you away from that moment of peace. Because it's foreign. Because it's unknown. You're not going to want to be in it, you know? Um, and it's fine. You know, Thich Naha says we would rather stay, and I'm paraphrasing what, what the Zen master says. He says we would rather stay in um, in, uh, in misery than to actually uh, walk towards peace because it's so foreign to us. And I'm going to use, instead of happiness, I'm going to use what you said about peace, equilibrium, balance, relaxation, ease. So when you are in that state of utter, profound, insatiable thirst for distractions from that boredom that's arising in your belly and sort of like tightening your chest and, and closing your throat and you start to sweat and you... Pause, name it, name the experience, I'm distracted. Name, name it, name it. My body's doing this, my body's doing that, name it. But use language that it's, it's less fixed. Use language that it's more open, that has like a, 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 a that, that isn't gripping, you know, that isn't so limiting. Language in itself is limiting, but use language that isn't so gripping and rigid. And then name, 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 be with it. At some point, you're going to experience that peace. And then once you experience that, the communion with the environment, that oneness with the environment, and you are at one with everything, and you are feeling deep relaxation and peace, 
come home after that or pull up your notes on your phone and record and write it all down. This is what it felt like inside. This is what my mind felt like. This is what my body felt like. This is what my senses felt like, you know? Um, so that's my, that's my offering. It's like we have to memorize peace. We've memorized criticism and pain and chaos. Now it's, we got to do the other end of the work, you know? Yes. I love that. I love that. And I love how you said, you know, name it, but you don't have to own it. I'm paraphrasing what you said, uh-huh. but name and that came back to, you know, a lot of what a lot of therapists are teaching now. You can say, I'm experiencing sadness, but you aren't sadness. I'm experiencing anger, but you aren't anger. And that's what came through when you said that, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we attach to emotions we're experiencing when, like you said earlier in the conversation, we are complete love. We are utter just Mm -hmm. vibrations of love energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I could talk to you all day for two hours. (laughs) Um, But uh, the last thing I want to kind of just share because our pillars in Get Loved Up are spirituality, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been building naturally for so long. And right now you're going into a new season of your life where you're Mm -hmm. looking at home and and things like that. What Mm -hmm. can you share about building your own community mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. out there who like, oh man, I, I love this. I want to share. I want to make an impact in the world. What have been the hardest things you face when it comes to building your mm-hmm. community or business? And mm-hmm. what would be the message you want to give people who are trying to do the same? Such a great question. Such a necessary one. <clears throat> Someone asked me the other day, Sa, I, I really want to charge more money for my gifts. I'm a healer. I want to charge more money. I feel like I'm ready. And I asked her a simple question. I said, sweetie, do you have your taxes in order? Do you have your a savings account? How much debt are you in? And, and that question, it was, um, it can seem embarrassing, but it's just a, a radical thing. It's just a very honest question that you gotta look at your foundation before you build. If you wanted to start a business, if you wanted to do anything, you gotta just like look at the background. Like Mm -hmm. what do I need to do to kind of like take care of the soil of this foundation that I'm building? You know, so work with the fact that like every, that out of every dollar, 20% of it has to go into a savings account. Mm-hmm. And and then and then think about like out of every dollar, how much are you willing to donate? Mm-hmm. And it's unconditional service, it's altruistic service, you know? And and then carry that with you, cash. Like carry that with you, cash in your wallet. Like actually, like literally pull it out of the ATM, make that math. It has to be this mathematical. And then put it in your wallet and carry it with you. So so saving donation, take care of your taxes. But I'm not saying you have to pay off for your taxes to be able to do this. No, in the United States, you can, it wasn't until 2018 that I was able to pay off all my taxes. Did I know how to do it? No, so I saved up some money and I hired the fucking iconic accounting and bookkeeping team and I pay them a lot of money every month to keep everything at float. So I don't have to do anything that I'm not good at. So I can save in my zone of genius. So. 
pay off your like f do pay a little bit of payment on your student loan on your on your debt on your taxes open a savings account name the savings account something legendary the more money i make the more people i can help give it language in a way that will inspire your liberation right and then and then yes charge more money okay so that's like a little bit in the very sort of logistical thing and then when it comes to to the actual expression of the work it goes back to what we shared earlier like don't put on your vision board um stadium field i think this is my 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 approach to it don't put a stadium field um with people there celebrating you don't put new york times bestseller on your list don't put celebrities that you want to work with don't don't put any of that like all that stuff is again i think an aspect of capitalistic god infiltrating poisoning your mind and i know i'm radical in that way but if you want to see my resume honey you know that the shit works i literally have created this crazy life where that i get to work with all these iconic celebrity famous people like constantly for that reason because it's never in the forefront of my mind what's in the forefront of my mind is liberation freedom peace for all non-violence for all so look at what's on your vision board like actually put peace and do a whole vision board about peace do a whole vision board about love do a whole vision board about 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 that about these saints and sages buddhas bodhisattvas gods and goddesses everyone that that makes up this experience of liberation for yourself let that be what's in the forefront of your life and then i guarantee you the 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 consequence of you creating that board and creating that manifestation ritual that's a consequence and it's a very different consequence than than um money celebrity fame new york times but all the things you know it's a very different consequence so i think that's that's a really good thing and then also it's like do the work like do the work not like just really do the work like mm -hmm. really like you don't need another degree another certification another thing just like just and i say this and it's not but but it's and just do the work don't look at the space and just think that, you know, you've learned one thing about your healing. I have to call myself a coach, a spiritual leader, a guide, a guru, whatever. If anyone calls me a guru, Forbes is trying to write me an article about me I'm putting the word guru in there. It's like, excuse me, honey, uh-uh, we can't do that because I never want to be this, this ineffable sort of holy uh, person that I can't make mistakes because I will. I will, unfortunately, until I am free, hurt you and hurt people. Uh, because I'm still not liberated. I'm not evolved. I'm evolving. So it, it just like, and never put yourself in that space that you're fully healed and never put yourself in that space that you know all the answers. Never put yourself in that space that you are the wisest person in the room. So I think, I think the reason why my content is viral and it works, it's because it's, when you look at the content, you're actually reading my journal. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is is the forefront of my expression, you know? Vulnerability is magnetism, is charisma, you know? Like, but it's empowered vulnerability. I'm never, I'm never, um, I'm never, I never become the suffering anymore. Right. I'm able to be with it, speak to it, give language and dance with it clearly, make art with it. But, you know, just that. So when I think about, when I think about what to do with for business people who are wanting to, for people who are wanting to start a business in the wellness, like, yes, please do it. First of all, please, please, God, please, Buddha, please do it. We need you.
and do the work, like actually do the work, like really like do the work and see if you can find a, a group of teachers that you're inspired by and you stick with them for a while. Don't be capitalistic about your liberation, about your healing, about your expression, like actually read the same book a few times. Mm -hmm. and do the work in the book listen to a podcast that you loved a few times you don't need a new thing that's capitalism telling you that you need a new podcast a new thing like listen to this episode a few times listen to that one episode that you love from koya's podcast a few times read koya's book three times you know like do that a few times that is really how freedom happens i can't tell you enough it's a repetition of simplicity that leads to liberation across mm. all of mystical traditions that is the truth honey okay and mm. and then take care of your backlog of all the things that you need and then notice what's in your vision board you know i think these are the the, the what i can say um these are things and one last thing i want to say actually you can help people by being an amazing barista you can help people by being an amazing jewelry maker you can help people by by being an amazing a person who makes ceramics you can help people by being an amazing uh, hairdresser you can help people by being an amazing lawyer once you stabilize your mind in love whatever you touch becomes free so there is just no there's no way that a lawyer who is in the court and is stable in love everyone in that space is going to experience what they experience with the Dalai Lama mm -hmm. everyone will feel relaxed and the, the right next the right next words, the right next thoughts will arise in all their minds. So the next, the, the, so the thing will happen in that court today will be great. If I'm wearing a, a jewelry, a piece of jewelry, an ear, a necklace, whatever, maybe from someone who is stable in love as best as they possibly can, it will have an imprint in, so, in everyone's minds who sees it. What would that imprint is? Watering the seeds of benevolence and kindness. So figure out not everybody needs to be a yoga teacher, wellness educator, a meditation teacher, whatever it may be. Not everyone needs to do it like that. You know, it's not it's not it's not needed like that. You know, freedom feels the same for all of us inside, but it will look different. Allow this outer expression of freedom, this expression of love to be different. Don't copy and paste Koya's dreams and, and, and personality and expression. Don't copy and paste my shit. You know, <laughs> but if you do, it's fine. Do it for a little bit, but then find your way out of that, you know, because my dress is maybe too tight for you, honey. My shoe size may not fit you for long enough. You may be able to run for a few miles on it, but like the marathon of life, girl, you're gonna be blistered as, as AF, you know? So mm -hmm. find your own shoe size and, and don't just go out shopping for it. Make it. Make mm. it. So make that's, that's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Make your own table. The repetition of simplicity leads to liberation. Oh, love that. And I just love you. I oh, love you. I adore you. I appreciate you and everything that you are to the world at this time. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the Get Loved Up podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. I love you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let everybody know where they can find you and all of your many books and offerings. Yes, link in bio on um, on Instagram and TikTok, you know, or visit my website at sadisimone.com, S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E.com. And there you can find all the things. 
books, podcasts, um, resources, and I mean, all kinds of things. I have a retreat coming up in June um, at the Omega Institute and a retreat coming up in Greece in October. Uh, but you find all the, all the things in there. Just um, look into it and you find it. Awesome. Peace. Thank, thank you. you so thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Get Loved Up podcast. If you've not yet left a review, go ahead and leave a review. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, however you feel. We want to hear about it. And if you're on social, definitely text Saw and myself. Let us know your biggest takeaways. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to us. And as we collectively heal ourselves, we heal the world. So just take it one day at a time, one breath at a time. Love yourself, love others, love the world in that order. Peace and love. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being part of the Get Loved Up community. I like to share topics and people making a positive impact in the world, and your feedback means the world to me. If you haven't already left a review, please leave a five-star review and let me know what you want to hear more of on the show. I'm here for you, and together, we're making the world a better place, one day at a time, one show at a time. Thank you for listening.